Aaron had gone off in, in the plane, he'd gone to the airport, he'd flown back to England to deal with what he needed to deal with. So that just left me. And it was a bit of a strange sensation, to say the least. Uh, it felt like, it almost felt like I'd lost a limb. Um, you know, I didn't have my travel buddy there. It was a bit lonesome. Wasn't sure what to do, but also knew that uh, I, I could run on my own clock now uh, as such. So that was entertaining. So I decided that, you know, why not? Let's head down to uh, a place called Arequipa. Pre pretty much to an extent back where we came from, because um, Arequipa is relatively close to Puno. If you remember, we got stuck there uh, in the bus station on the way up to Cusco itself. And I decided to get an overnight bus from uh, Cusco to Arequipa. So I've gone down to the bus station, booked on a ticket. And I remember the bus journey, or I remember the, the cab journey actually from the hostel to the bus station, because it's quite a way out. I was quite proud because it, I held a conversation, a decent conversation with the cab driver for about 20 minutes. The duration of the journey, I held a great conversation in Spanish. You know, where have you been? What have you been up to? Where are you going? Uh, I was asking him loads of questions about, you know, what's it like to be Peruvian? Where are you from? What else do you do? All of these sorts of things. Had a really, really good conversation. And that showed how much the language development had come along. Now, Arequipa itself, I wasn't aiming to do much in Arequipa. I'll be honest with you, I was chasing that free shirt from the Wild Rover. Having stayed in the one in La Paz, having stayed in the one in Cusco, I knew that heading to Arequipa and then proving that I'd been to the other two meant that I'd get a free t-shirt. Exciting stuff. The bus journey overnight, don't remember much of it. I was asleep. Um, I do know that it is renowned for being quite a dangerous journey at night because uh, apparently even the bus drivers like falling asleep on the journey. Whether that was scare tactics back in 2014, I do not know, but it is what it is. Got into Arequipa safely. Fortunately, one of the uh, women on the bus turned out to be a lovely Irish lady. She was staying at the same hostel as well. So we grabbed a cab into the hostel. I went for a walk around Arequipa. Not too much going on there. And by this stage, again, not to sound too miserable, too condescending, you kind of know what you're going to expect in a town in Latin America, it, very Spanish in style. You're going to get your main plaza, you're going to get your principal buildings around the main plaza, you're going to get your grid system, and it just keeps going back and back and back until the town or city stops. Nine times out of ten, that's what you're going to get. So again, at Arequipa, it was a bit, oh, okay, fine, I'm here. Checked in at the Wild Rover, got my t-shirt. I then saw that there was a trip that you could do, uh, a three-day walking tour to a place called the Colca Canyon. And with the Colca Canyon, you could see a variety of condors. Uh, you'd be walking straight into the canyon, walking along the canyon, and then on the final day, walking up, up the canyon. Why not? Sounded like a good idea. Didn't have anything else to do. Could do some exercise. Why not? Now, the idea was good at the time. Well, what I will say is a couple of things. Number one, when booking to go on a hiking tour, a bird watching tour, and you know that you're getting picked up at about six o'clock in the morning, do not play beer pong the night before. At the hostel, uh, made quite a, well, I made a new friend as such, uh, a German guy, I think it was called Klaus, I'm not joking, I think that was his actual name. And we were just chatting, he was meandering around on his own, he was heading up to, he was heading up to Lima as well. We kind of thought that'd be, you know, might as well team up, join forces. Uh, we met at the hostel bar first thing in one of the mornings. 
Uh, again, because of the time difference with the football, I think Liverpool playing Chelsea that day at 12.30 British time. So we ended up uh, getting up, or I ended up getting up, I think it was half eight, maybe half nine, having breakfast at the bar, watching football. I think Liverpool lost from memory. So yeah, fun times. Didn't do much else in our keeper, but just apart from hanging around the hostel and doing a lot of drinking. I entered into a beer pong competition uh, the evening before we were heading out to the Kolka Canyon. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Uh, what was incredibly disappointing is that uh, Klaus and I got to the final and we lost. Uh, we got absolutely dicked on in the final of beer pong. And yeah, went to bed about half three in the morning, absolutely off our faces. Uh, there was a nasty wake up call. <laughs> a few hours later, it was an incredibly nasty wake up call to say the least. But the Colca Canyon itself was a lovely place. Uh, loads of bird watching, loads of hiking. It's also known as the Condor Valley, the, you know, like a Condor Canyon as well. So the first port of call was stopping off at a couple of points and looking for some condors, which you know, there were people there with their binoculars looking, all of this, all of that. Thankfully, there was quite a few condors flying up and down. Our tour guide had uh, said a few times that the uh, condor is the bird with the largest wingspan in the world. Uh, you know, much to my chagrin, because I knew it wasn't, but I didn't bother correcting him on it. But to see condors relatively up close and personal, soaring up and down the valley, that was really a, that was a, a really really cool sight to see. Now, the first day in, into the canyon, the day was the, the three days were divided into three sections. The first day would be going downhill into the canyon itself. The second day was not as much walking. It was relatively flat. Um, then we'd end up in a place where we could uh, basically use a swimming pool, have a few drinks, have a laugh. The third day then involved, boom, bang up the hill. Out of all three days, the first day was the toughest. I haven't got the greatest knee, right knee in the world for a variety of reasons, mainly due to a skiing accident back in, back in my school days. But going downhill, I learned a lesson quite quickly. Number one, wear two pairs of socks, otherwise your feet will hurt. And number two, that it takes a lot of pressure on your body consistently going downhill. Also knowing that where you've got such a, a gravelly path, one slip and you could be rolling down for a very, very long time. Plus being hungover, headache, usual stuff, roasting hot, you know, you're not in the best mental state anyway. I thought we'd learn our lessons from 2011, but evidently no. We had a, a varied group. We had a couple of people like myself at the time that were not the uh, physically fittest of people, should we say. So there was a few of us hanging uh, at the rear. There was a really few energetic couple of Dutch people, a couple of Chileans at the front who were loving it. And then there was the sort of people in the middle. We learned a lot about the Colca Canyon. It, it's just great to be in peace and quiet, looking at the river, looking at the river below, listening to the sights and the sounds and you know, not just the condors, but the river flowing. It's the real Colca, by the way, which is why it's called the Colca Canyon. So to hear, to hear all of that was just absolutely delightful. We got to our little lodge on the first day. Uh, we got there about tea time. Uh, we were lucky that across all the meals and whatnot were being prepared for us. That was all part of the, the, the cost of, of going on the trip. So we ended up staying in this uh, little lodge. Uh, we had a few beers, played a bit of football because someone had geniusly decided to bring a football and just got chatting as a group and started bonding together as a group. The following day, day two of Colca Canyon got up. Uh, we didn't walk ridiculously far on the second day. It was relatively flat from memory. 
and we were walking to the or a, a little oasis town. I forget the name of what it was called, but it, it, just a very pleasant oasis in the middle of the canyon. And we got there early afternoon, dropped all the bags off. I mean, there's not a lot to do there. You know, it was just a case of have a few beers. Everyone got into the swimming pool. So there's a lovely swimming pool there. People are sunbathing. Again, people are just chatting. You can still see a few condors here and there. And then again, everyone's just having a really good time. It's very serene. It's tranquil. Uh, everyone played, you know, we all played cards, a few drinking games that we picked up along the way. We were teaching each other different games as well. The third day, we knew it would be the toughest day. The reason for that is it pretty much involved going up, you know, the vertical cliff face for about 45 minutes to an hour without having breakfast. Now, I operate quite well in the morning mentally, but physically don't operate too well. And not having breakfast and having to do what I would call excruciating exercise at the time uh, wasn't really my cup of tea. But I wanted to do it for the experience. Going back to the Inca steps, you know what's coming. These are not simple steps to walk up. These are really going to test you. Absolutely 100%. These are going to test you. And that's exactly what they did. The Dutch boyfriend and girlfriend and the Chileans, they were storming up behind the, the tour guide. You had people straggling here and there. And myself, I was pretty much at the back of the, I was pretty much at the back of the queue, back of the line, going quite slow. Um, I don't always like being the last person to do that sort of stuff. I learned that really from the death road in La Paz. But thankfully, um, the, the lovely Irish lady that was on the bus to Arequipa, uh, she was uh, slower than I was. So although we weren't together, I wasn't the last one, which was always nice. Now, it took me about, I think, about an hour, I think, to get to the top of the hill. It was the sun's beating down on you. It's very early in the morning, which is cool. I do remember vividly playing uh, the Sign No More album by Mumford & Sons. I had that on my speaker. I was singing along with it. thought that'd be a good way to get the air coming in and out of the body. And uh, yeah, got to the end of that album and made it to the top as well. And uh, to a nice round of applause from everyone. Um, and even when the, uh, the Irish lady made it to the top, everyone was given a great round of applause that we got there. At the top of the canyon, we, we stayed there for quite a long time. We were just sitting down, sunglasses on, everyone taking photos, group photos, individual photos. We went off to have a relatively mundane breakfast, which was a bunch of juices and mainly breads and bits and pieces like that. And that filled up the stomach. And then that was that was our keeper. That was our keeper in a nutshell. Uh, sorry, that was a Colca Canyon in, in the nutshell. Uh, Klaus and I were still hanging out. We went back to our keeper we decided that because we were both headed off to Lima, that we should make a move. Now, the reason there was a bit of a time frame on Lima is, as you'll find out in a later episode, uh, there was a, a three-day bus journey that we booked in for, Aaron and myself, uh, for between Lima and uh, Bogota in Colombia. <laughs> a very, very long journey, to say the least. And we knew that, that journey had cost, you know, hundred dollars or so something along those lines it was cheaper than flying and that date had been set so i knew it had to be in lima at that point in time mistake number two when you know you're going to get on a plane the following day do not smoke weed the night before so not just learning my lesson from drinking too much and playing beer pong before going on a trip i then decided that in my infinite wisdom before we took a overnight bus down to nazca 
en route to Huacachina and Ica. Before doing that, we thought we'd stop off in NASCAR and have a look at the NASCAR lines. But of course, in our infinite wisdom, because you're traveling, no one really gives a shit, getting completely high as a kite and then getting on the bus, not the best thing to do, as I found out the following morning. Join me next time when we go over the NASCAR lines. Hasta luego.